Welcome to the Board of Pharmacy Specialties Podcast Channel. I'm Bill Ellis, and I have the privilege to serve as the BPS Executive Director. So today we're joined by Sandra Benavides, Assistant Dean for Accreditation and Programmatic Assessment with the Larkin Health Sciences Institute in Miami, Florida. Sandra is the 2016 Vice Chair of the BPS Specialty Council in Pediatric Pharmacy. Sandra, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for the invitation. So let's start off um, by talking about sort of your career path. How did you get started and, and end up where you're at? Tell us how you got there. Okay, well, I personally actually never tried to plan out my career path. Uh, I was fortunate enough to attend school in San Francisco through a friend's advice who was telling me about the school and telling me I should apply. And I think just everything in my path has been kind of fortuitous. And so when I was doing my fourth year rotations, I wanted nothing to do with pediatrics. And it's the funniest story I tell all my students. I wanted to be an adult critical care pharmacist. So I signed up for all the adult, elect, the pedi- adult critical care um, rotations and I didn't get any. I got neonatal ICU. And so I was like, are you kidding me? Neonatal ICU, I don't want to work with pediatrics and then give me the smallest of all pediatrics. So I thought, keep an open mind, let me go for it. I fell in love with neonatal ICU and I think it was a combination of the medical team and my preceptor and just his function on the team and I thought, this is what I wanna do. So I drove my um, um, faculty crazy and had everything switched to pediatrics and I had a lot of mentors who really helped me through that process and I really came to love pediatrics. So I went to do a PGY1 and I was fortunate enough to stay at my same institution that I was in my fourth year at UC San Diego Medical Center. And I did a general practice residency, they didn't call them PGY1, PGY2 back then. And just to be 100% sure that I wanted to work in pediatrics and I did. Every time I was on the adult ward, I liked it but I didn't have that same passion. So. I had talked to my mentors about what my next step would be, and I thought, I really want to go into education. I don't know why, I just really had that passion. It must have been how they inspired me. And so they told me, well, you should go work with Dr. Nahada at the Ohio State University. So I said, okay, let me give it a shot. And then again, that's where I ended up. So that really refined my passion for teaching and for pediatrics. And I feel like it's just been a wonderful career path for me and something that I can't imagine doing anything else in. So that's in a nutshell, how I got where I'm at. So I guess in some ways things happen for a reason, right? We may not always realize it at the time, but... um, Right. Everything, I think everything in life, it happens for a reason. And for me, that's why it's important to take new opportunities and just try different things because you never know where you'll end up. And so it's been, I've been very fortunate in my career. So you mentioned Dr. Nahada. Now you've worked with him on a few publications, right? Yes, I have. Um, Since I did my fellowship with him, the focus was on clinical research. So when I was there, I was focused on metabolic abnormalities, kind of based on, because of drug therapy, such as with HIV medications or um, due to, um, you know, unhealthy eating habits, such like obesity and diabetes. And so that was where I first um, had my research interest in, was in the area of metabolic abnormalities in pediatric patients. And then one day, um, I was trying to put together a reading list for my, for my students, and I was like, we don't have a textbook. And so I called up Dr. Nahada, and I said, we don't have a textbook. And he's like, you're right. And I said, well, why not? And he's like, we just haven't gotten around to it. And so he asked, would you want to work on it? And I said, I would love to do one if you're willing to help. And he said, yes, we can do one together. And so three years later, we had the very first pediatric pharmacotherapy textbook, which 
was a lot of fun. And so, and again, a new set of skills, editing, writing. So it was really good. And then we followed that up with a pediatric assessment book. So, so is the textbook in its first? Um, it's in its first edition. First edition, okay. Yes. And we will probably start the revisions for the second edition in 2016. Great. So. Well, let's um, switch gears a little bit. You know, this is the, uh, we just began testing in 2015 in the pediatric, um, for the pediatric pharmacy specialty. It was well received. We had over 400 candidates sit for that exam, so we're very excited about that. Talk a little bit about what you see some of the most important roles are for the pediatric pharmacy specialist in practice. So one thing that I always notice about students and some pharmacists is that they're not very comfortable with pediatrics. And pediatrics is a special population. Like you always hear, they're not just small adults, but they have their own entities, their bodies are developing, they have different pharmacokinetic parameters that we have to take into account. And even as a layperson, I've heard a lot of people, I've heard a couple of people, two different experiences. One time a nurse said something to a physician about how useless pharmacists were for pediatric patients in the wow. community setting and then in another time I was in a prenatal yoga class and there was a question about medicines and they said well ask the pharmacist at the pharmacy and they're like well no they don't really know anything about this and so as an educator my focus is to educate that you can learn the material they're just different in the thought process but the certification the specialty in pediatrics is very important because you have people who know those differences and can treat pediatric patients safe and effectively in a variety of settings. And so if I were, if my son, one of my sons were sick, I would be happy that there was a hospital that I could go to that everything's pediatric related, including the pharmacist who have that specialization to know what drug, what administration, what dosage form, and everything about using drugs effectively and safe in pediatric patients. So it's a really important role to keeping our children healthy and safe. You know, I, I don't, I sense, uh, and I, I'd be interested in your perspective on this, it seems like there's a growing recognition of the role of the pediatric pharmacist. You know, you used to just see, at least to me, it seemed like we saw pediatric specialty hospitals and they still exist, but now I'm seeing regular um, med surge and other hospitals start to have pediatric wings in that focus. Are you seeing a growth in this area? There is. It's, it's pretty amazing because it used to be just basically you're in an inpatient pediatric specialized hospital. But now if you think about it, almost every healthcare system is going to see pediatric patients except maybe the VA, maybe. And so everybody will have somebody who kind of defaults to the pediatric experts. So if there's a, well, a, a nursery, a maternity ward, they still have to take care of the healthy babies. And sometimes we'll get phone calls from the adult pharmacists that are really worried about how do I treat these patients. And so there's almost always somebody who has that generalized information on how to care for pediatric patients. And so also we're seeing them more expand into clinics, um, clinic settings. I know I worked before I left my last position, I worked for three years at an ambulatory care um, clinic trying to work with uh, patient-centered medical home to coordinate care and to try with the transition of care and to help the parents with medication use in their kids and so it's definitely expanding so there's only a lot of room to grow for pediatric pharmacists. Well I know that the um, PGY2s in pediatric pharmacy are in the top 10 in terms of number of programs uh, mm -hmm. and, and number of residents so we're certainly seeing a lot of uptake um, there. Um, we're almost out of time, but let's transition to this last question that we have for you today. What, what career advice would you give someone that's interested in practicing as a pediatric pharmacy specialist? 
Well, I get that question a lot. A lot of students come to me and tell me they love pediatrics and they didn't know it was an option in pharmacy. So I always tell them first to explore and go volunteer or shadow or do some um, advanced practice or introductory practices in a pediatric setting um, because sometimes emotionally it can be hard and a lot of people are afraid of that. They don't know if they'll be able to handle it. And I'm like, well, try it. And if you can, that's great because we need great pharmacists there. So it starts right early in the um, education just to get those experiences to see if um, you're interested. But then again, I didn't want anything to do with pediatrics until my last year. So uh, for residency options, students do have or graduates have a lot of options. They can do a PGY-1, a general practice in an adult hospital. And then they would do a PGY-2 in a pediatric um, focused specialty area or there are PGY-1s in pediatric hospitals, and so that's another option, and those are highly competitive, but they're really great because you get to learn your skills on patient care um, with pediatric patients, but generally you still have to do the PGY-2 in pediatrics. And then after that, based on if they wanna be practitioners or educators, um, some people will do the two-year fellowship to learn how to do research, which we really need, um, but after the PGY-2, they can practice and then get their BPS certification actually after their PGY-2. So, um, but mostly it's explore, see what you love, and to remember there are so many different specialties in pediatrics. So you can specialize in hematology, oncology, um, infectious disease, critical care, um, general peds. So there's a lot of different areas for um, people to specialize in. So in case anyone in our listening audience is interested in the um, eligibility criteria for the pediatric pharmacy specialty, you had mentioned that you are board eligible immediately after a PGY-2, so that's the two-year eligibility route. Um, if an individual completes a PGY-1 but does not go on to a PGY-2, they're also going to be eligible if they have the PGY-1 plus two years of practice mm -hmm. experience in a pediatric setting. And then if someone later on in, in their career, or they're not able to match or obtain a residency position, they can also practice for four years um, in a pediatric setting to meet the eligibility requirement to be able to sit for, for the exam. So for folks that are interested um, in sitting for the pediatric pharmacy specialty, that's the eligibility requirements. As always, feel free to contact the BPS office or visit us on our website, www.bpsweb. Org. Sandra, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you, you, you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the BPS podcast series on the BPS podcast channel. Be sure to follow BPS on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. This podcast is brought to you by the Board of Pharmacy Specialties, hosted by William Ellis and Ernest Wright, produced and edited by Stephen Scarlatta. Be sure to look for BPS on the web at www.bpsweb.org.